0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye
0: baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive, this game is over! Oh. goodbye baseball! Up here the bottom
2: of the now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Okay, here we go. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Sorry it's posting a little later today than I would have liked, but I don't know. I guess last night's game needed a little recovery time. That was, that was something last night. As the Mariners beat the Angels, we'll talk more about what was a wild ball game coming up. We have two games to talk about. Of course, the Mariners losing to Cleveland in the final game of the series at home. But a very impressive starting pitching debut for Eric Swanson. We'll hear from him coming up in a few minutes as well. Also, we'll have a chat about bat flips. Just check where we're all at on that. So that's going to come up in a few minutes as well. Also, Brandon Brennan, Shannon Dreher, a fun conversation with him, who has been very successful early on in the season. So we'll get to that as well. We'll start with that game against Cleveland. Mariners losing one nothing. Bigger picture, though, Swanson making his first start in a Mariners uniform, and he was very, very impressive.
0: Here's the pitch, and a swing and a miss by Gonzalez for strike three. That is a strikeout number three for Swanson this afternoon, and again a 1-2-3 inning for the Cleveland Indians. What a start for Swanson.
2: Solo home run was it? He goes six, allows two hits, one run, no walks, five strikeouts. And again, we'll hear from him in just a second. But Mariners fall one nothing to Cleveland. So that brings us to last night, as the Mariners looking to snap their six-game losing streak, being swept at home by Houston and Cleveland, taking on the Angels. And there was plenty of pop early in the ball game. Ryan Healy going deep, not once, twice. Here's the pitch on the way.
1: Swinging a well-hit ball. Deep to left center field. Going, going out the
0: bedrock. Goodbye baseball. Ryan Healy with a three-run home run here in the top half of the second. It's now the Mariners' four, and the Angels' nothing. And the Mariners will try to start a home run streak tonight.
1: The pitch in Arvaya's swing. Clobbered high, deep right field. And this is Wiggum. Over the high board and right, Omar Narvaez, his fourth of the season. It's a three-run jack in the seventh. The third Mariners homer tonight at the Angels' expense, and they have hung a 10 spot in Southern California. It is
2: to 10-2, Mariners. Things were looking pretty great, as it looked like the Mariners would coast to victory on top at that point, but things would change in the 7th inning. Felix pitching into the 7th, he was pretty solid in the game yesterday. Six innings ended up giving up four runs, but things fell apart in the 7th. A 7-run 7th inning for the Angels, and then in the 8th, they would come all the way back and tie things up. The 1-0 pitch,
0: swung on and belted deep to left center field. Smith on the run, leaps up, and it is gone. Goodbye baseball. David Fletcher has tied it up here in the bottom of the eighth inning with his first home run of the season. And it's now the Mariners 10, the Angels 10.
2: Yeah, all the way back, 10 to 10. That would bring us to the ninth. And the Mariners, a chance with Jay Bruce pinch hitting to take the lead back. Allen checks Hanniger. The pitch
0: on the way. Swinging a ground ball. Left side of the infield and through for a base hit. Hanniger racing around third. He will score. Up with the ball. Goodwin. The throw to third. Jay Bruce with a pinch hit. RBI single through a wide open left side of the infield. And the Mariners have the lead. 11 to 10 in this wild, wild ball game here in Anaheim.
2: Yeah, pretty wild ball game. As the Mariners would take the lead, they would hold on to grab the win. I say win game one of this series, 11-10. to 10. 11 runs, 13 hits Mariners. 10 runs, 16 hits Angels. Narvaez reaches base five times. Vogelback reaches base five times. Mariners walk 11 times in the ball game. Healy drove in five runs, had a couple of homers, Narvaez three hits, four ribbies, bottom lineup just crushed it. As the Mariners take game one of the series, here's Scott Service. Hey, hey,
3: yeah. (laughs) Today was uh, something back to playing entertaining baseball. How do you uh, kind of sum up that? Uh, Well, a couple different games have been won. Uh, Certainly our offense was uh, outstanding tonight. Uh, Healy had a big night with a couple home runs. Omar with a three-run homer. Um, you know Felix I thought threw the ball pretty well uh, wasn't as sharp as, as we've seen him at times but uh, he got some big double play balls that helped him out I think the, the big double play that uh, it was a fifth inning uh, when Beckham went to, you know, with the backhand jump and, and throw over across the diamond, which is big big outs in the ball game so uh, uh, again I give our offense a ton of credit you know, when you give up a lead like that you lose a lot of momentum and and whatnot, and that guy's found a way to get some guys on base, work the strikes on, get a big hit by Jay Bruce, and you know, it was enough. So, uh, uh, not the way we typically drew that one up when you're leading 10 to 2, but I'm you gonna know, give the Angels credit. You know, they, they battled back, and uh, but fortunate for us, we were able to get it done at the end. How impressive was that Bruce at bat? I mean, You sit on the bench for four hours, can you go opposite field like that? Yeah, was it four hours? <laughs> Something like that. No, Jay, Jay's a veteran, and uh, you know, just give him the night off. and, you know, he's been working on some things. He's got to get timing more consistent. But it took a great approach, and that, that's a veteran at bat right there. You don't need a homer. just need a single, and he found an open spot to hit it through. Yeah,
4: so one, one thing about having that excess of guys you do have confident bats coming off
3: the bench late in the game. It really does make a big difference. Uh, you know, when, you're, when you pull Vogue for the pinch runner there, you're not thinking that spot's going to come up again, you know, and you win the ball game in a regular amount of time. But when you got Jay Bruce there and then guys that you can put in those no spot, it makes it a little bit easier.
5: You had two guys have reached base safely five times tonight. Does that kind of speak to what you were looking for? Awesome night.
3: To? Awesome night offensively. You know, Vogie didn't give any bats away. Uh, you know, he- Healy was, you know, they made some mistakes. He took advantage of them. Omar, and up and down the lineup. Uh, really, really consistent. Nice to see that again. You know, we saw it for, for the first part. You know, last homestand was, was rough on us offensively, but we got it going again tonight.
4: So how frustrating is it though you had to go to some of your guys that you normally think you wouldn't have to use in a game for your bullpen? just because he couldn't get that the
3: runnings. Yeah, the seventh inning got crazy. You know, obviously he was trying to get uh, maybe an out or two out of Felix. Thought he still had a little bit left. Uh, they were on him, um, you know, going to Allen. Allen, he really good stuff, just didn't execute. You know, he got ahead in the count and he left some balls right in the middle, and, you know, instead of bouncing a couple, he left them right there for them to hit. And he's learning, and that's part of what we're going through with some inexperienced guys down there is got to finish. And, uh, you know, we didn't finish off a lot of hitters in that seventh inning. Yeah, was the ruling? What was the... What was the... Situation. With yeah, there. you know, uh, Malik's obviously, you know, I saw it too. He did inadvertently, you know, kick the ball, but it was not affect the catcher's ability to pick it up and throw him out. And I think that's what upset me was the umpire said that Malux had uh, affected the catcher's ability to pick it up. And that's not exa- at all what happened. Malux was already four or five feet past the catcher running the first base. So uh, that's why I was upset and animated and play like that you can't you can't replay it or anything like that it's a judgment call but uh, in my opinion they, they were wrong on that one because Malik he did hit the ball but he didn't affect the catcher's ability to pick up the ball and throw him out the catcher dropped the ball
2: there was scott service as the mariners win game one of the series what do we have in store for the rest of the weekend so tonight marco gonzalez will take the ball 707 first pitch saturday kikuchi will go 607 and then sunday 107 Mike Leak, a Monday off day. So we'll talk on the off day next coming up Monday after this three games. And if these three are anything like the one we just witnessed, I mean, who knows? That was was wild. So Mariners win game one. We'll talk again Monday. In the meantime, here's Rick Riz with... New Mariner starter, Eric Swanson.
0: Eric, what a what a game the other day uh, back home against the Cleveland Indians. Your first major league start. You were outstanding. Six innings, one run, no walks, five strikeouts. How did it feel to get that first major league start under your belt?
6: Yeah, I mean, it, it felt awesome. Um, you know, I think getting the first outing in Kansas City under my belt was, was definitely good going into this game. Um, kind of allowed me to calm the nerves a little bit and get back to to normal. Um but was really happy with, with the outing and, and had a lot of fun doing it.
0: If you were nervous, it, it didn't show. You looked cool and calm. What was it like working with Omar Narvaez, and did you shake him off at all, or, or how did things go in that regard?
6: It was it was awesome. Uh, Omar, Omar and I had gotten together a couple days prior and kind of talked about the different hitters that we were going to face. We knew we'd have a, a primarily lefty lineup in there, Um I think I shook him one time the whole game. Um, we, were, we were on on the same page the whole game, and, and it showed. It was, it was good.
0: How was the fastball? How was the slider? And how often did
6: you throw the changeup? Uh, the fastball was good. Uh, I thought I'd, I changed eye level pretty well with it. Um, a couple of them I tried to go top of the zone like I usually do. Threw a little bit too middle. Um, changeup, I felt really good with it yesterday, uh, especially against the left-handed lineup really helped me change speeds a lot and allowed my fastball to play a little bit better. And then I threw, I don't know, a handful of sliders yesterday, uh, backdoored a couple of them, threw some good ones there, and um, it felt good with, with all three pitches. How oh,
0: anxious are you to get that second major league start now?
6: Pretty excited, pretty excited. Uh, I, I got I got six days until then. Um, try to get my work in this week and be ready to go for, for San Diego. Bad flips seem to be all the rage, so why don't we talk about it?
2: Tim crushes this ball, he throws the bat, the ball
1: goes flying, it is gone, 2 nothing. Sox, the ball was majestic, the bat was a javelin, and the Sox lead, he leads off this and He's is hit in the hip, he flipped the bat on that home run, and Keller starts him off hitting him in the hip, and now here come the White Sox out of their dugout, now here come the Royals out of their dugout as Maldonado is escorting Anderson up the first base line.
5: Can you tell where we're going with this one? Welcome back to the pregame show. Shannon are now joined by Rick Riz, Gary Hill, and Aaron Goldsmith. And we are talking some bat-flipping controversy, it would appear. Bat-flip leads to a brawl, Aaron.
1: Uh, Yes, it did. And where should we start with this? First of all, time check. Do we have 20 minutes? Yeah, we have all the time you want. Go for it. Might need it. Get ready. Look, look, first of all, let's go around the room. Who's pro bat flip?
2: I'm pro bat flip.
1: I like a good bat flip. I'm pro bat flip.
2: Yeah. Why not?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I love,
0: love bat flips. I don't like the bat flip and the stare. Okay, I mean, the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you get to add that. But the bat, a good bat flip, Brett Boone was awesome yeah. to watch. Oh. I loved it. He had a great funny. bat flip. He got good because
5: spin. T- tight. He got like a really good spin rate on his. That yeah. was a tight spin that he, he, had. he
0: had. He had to get rid of the bat because he, he swung so hard, and then he had to get rid of it so he didn't break his wrist. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do like a good-bad flip. Wrong. It was
1: interesting, on MLB Network today, every show talked about this for good reason. And I'm telling you, almost every show made Brad Keller, the pitcher for the Royals, who then hit Tim Anderson later in the game, made Keller out to be the villain because he's intentionally throwing at somebody, of course, sure. which is illegal. Sure. My take on this is that both guys are wrong. I'm pro batflip flip. I thought Anderson was wrong because there are degrees of bat flips. Yeah. Like, when somebody asks you, what's the best bat flip of all time? Like, Jose Bautista, I think, is the undisputed champion. I think
2: that ushered in the era of the, the yeah. modern era of the bat flip. Yeah. And
1: let's keep this in mind, too, about Bautista. I think he is widely regarded as a villain. Like, he was widely disliked in this game when he was playing. I mean, he was. Which is great. I and mean, We need people sure. like that, right? right? And yet, more people than not, I think, loved his bat flip in the postseason against the Rangers. Yeah, he stood there for five minutes. Yeah. And then it became a jab. Right. You know? But right. see, so yeah. my big takeaway from this is that there are levels of this. If you hit a walk-off home run in front of 45,000 people in a postseason game, you can do whatever you want. Because you're the king of the world right now. Right. Okay? Now, the next bat flip that stands out in my mind happened this year, and it was Bryce Harper when he went back to Nationals Park, mm-hmm. and like 50,000 yeah. people booed him <laughs> yeah. mercilessly. In fact, they didn't just boo Bryce, they booed Andrew McCutcheon, <laughs> and then they booed Reese Hoskins, and then they booed Bryce Harper, okay? And Harper hit a home run late in that game that was crushed, and he did a nunchuck bat flip. There was no eye contact. There was great rotation and pronation of the wrist. But that bat flip, although a degree down from Batista's, right? I thought it was appropriate because of what he had endured <laughs> yeah. and the setting of the moment of the day, right? Yeah. My problem with the Anderson bat flip, if he had done like a, like Ryan Healy has a sneaky good bat flip on a home run, it's up the line, a little flick of the wrist. You get a couple of rotations, one and a half, and he takes his bag. He feels good about it. Yeah. He laid into it. If you're going to hit a home run in a scoreless fourth inning and throw your bat like a harpoon, what are you going to do when you hit a walk-off home run? Like, are you going to rip your own jersey off? Yeah, it's going to go oh, higher. That would be great. And then are you going to take the bat and just throw it into center field? <laughs> <laughs> or just take it with you around the base paths? Yeah. Like, if Timothy.
2: T- That's already been done. Pedro Serrano did that
1: like if people what what I don't understand that was real. like that's a good one that was real <laughs> like why aren't people talking about the severity of the flip because if if Anderson did a Ryan Healy bat flip or even a Booney bat flip right which yeah. is a step above what Healy does like I don't think Keller hits him in the wallet right I, I think I think it's got to be
0: on an individual basis on that guy on the mound and where he is now Keller's a young guy you know, he's, he's, I wouldn't consider him an old-school yeah. guy. An old-school guy, if you do anything like that, yeah, you're, I think you're going to wear it on an individual basis. What he did, what Anderson did for me, was he, he was trying to fire up his ball club. He fired the bat toward the White Sox dugout. Right. And if he looked into the other dugout and fired it over there, then he's got a problem. Then he's going to wear it. But uh, I don't have a problem. It, baseball is a little more pastoral right now. We've taken away the collision at home plate. We've softened things up around second base right now. But I, I think it's okay, a, a, a decent bat flip without going overboard to it. Did you, you think that was overboard? I I, I I didn't. Really? I, 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 I'm I, surprised by that. I didn't because it was towards his dugout. He wasn't showing up the other team to me. He was trying to fire up his, his ball club right there. Maybe threw it a little bit too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was just, he looked at his dugout. If he would have taunted at the other dugout sure. and then fired over, it, he's got a problem for the rest of the year. But uh, I, I think we, I think we should enjoy the game. I think the guys need to play like, like Major League Baseball talks about. Let the kids have fun. And I think he was out there having fun. He threw it a little bit, maybe a little bit too hard. I
5: think we need better quality bat flips, and I am willing to help out with that. I was actually going to talk with Tim Beckham about this at, at some point. But, you know, I come from the Midwest. I was in a monster marching band, and I used to coach uh, color guards and auxiliaries. I can twirl rifles.
2: Oh, nice. And Ooh. I'm thinking
5: that I could give wow. them some pointers on how to. The bat's well, heck, somewhat yeah. similar to it. and yeah, there's I would some like to. there. Yeah, well, I can twirl a bat, too. But I think we could get some more creative bat flipping and spinning and... and
2: Whatnot. I, I love the bat flip. I love emotion. I love when you see a guy hit a home run and, you know, he wants to win the game and it's just pure emotion. I love seeing it. I like seeing pitchers react when they strike somebody out, too. Now, maybe some common sense on when to go about it. I mean, uh, you know, down eight to one is probably not the right time. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, this is, I it's think, still, the point that you're making. Yeah, Maybe you're a tie game in the fourth inning is yeah. not yeah, come on. the right time. But in general, I think it's great for the game to see the emotion come through. These guys care. These guys care a another ton.
5: Another RT altogether, but are we obliterating unwritten rules?
1: Well, the problem is that nobody knows what the. You,
2: I do think I, everybody's, everybody's different. I do think generally pitchers take this personally when. The majority of the time, sometimes it's not the case. The majority of time, I think the hitter's just celebrating what he just did with no regard for the pitcher at all. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to show up to the totally pitcher. Totally agree. Generally. Totally generally agree. Generally. generally. So I think, I think for the most part, pitchers get a little too sensitive when it comes to the backflip.
1: <laughs> but, like, it's different, right? Like, when Archer gave up the home run and then threw behind... I mean, like, Archer has some more pizzazz and a little more flair. He celebrates. He celebrates. Like, like, Brad Keller is just competing. He's just trying to get people out, you know? Like, to me, there's no there's no revenge factor that I know of to Keller, right, to right. try to get him back with that bat flip. Uh Again, I have no problem with Anderson backflipping. I just thought that the flip itself was ridiculous you know, given the situation of the game.
2: I do think retaliation by hitting a guy is somewhat silly, too. It I is mean, ridiculous. You'd be better off striking him out after the fact, and maybe you pump your fist. I don't know. You know, I, I just think hitting a guy for that is But I do think I top. do think it is—I can't
1: believe it hasn't happened yet where a pitcher retaliates, and it gets away from him, and he drills him in the dome at 95 miles an hour, and yeah. it costs the guy a career. Because that's not that would not be getting even, right? That'd be ruining that's somebody's dangerous. livelihood. I mean, really so if well. you can, if a pitcher is allowed to do that, then the hitter gets one swing, waste or below, go out to the mound, take your <laughs> bat, and you get one half. Because you're holding a murder weapon when you hold a baseball on the mound and you're throwing it 95 miles an hour. The retaliations so far have been decent. They they've thrown behind them at
0: their backside. Nothing so far, nothing up and in. But you got to know what you're doing. You can't make a mistake.
1: You know, way higher. But up. anybody can make a mistake, yeah. right? Exactly.
5: All right, we went from fun bat flips to. Ending I like Rick's <laughs> take.
1: I'm impressed by this. Yes. You know, I've come a long way.
6: <laughs> I really have.
1: Before,
0: you know, hey, hit a home run, go to first base, you know. But uh, now I, I think the guys, if they want to have fun a little bit without yeah. without showing up the opposition too much,
2: you know, good bat flip is fine.
5: Let them. I l- flip enjoy booney. We are all about the
2: backflip. And finally, Shannon with Brandon Brennan.
5: Catching up with Brandon Brennan. And Brandon, it's been so fun to watch you, not only now, but through spring training. And uh, the Mariners pick you up in the Rule 5 draft, and we all start doing the research on you, get to see you in the spring. And I think it became apparent to us pretty quickly that, you know what, he's got a real shot to stick here. This guy's probably going to be wearing a Mariners uniform for a little while. What was it like to find out that the Mariners were picking you up? Know the situation that they were in, and you were coming to a place with a fresh start.
4: I mean, at first, I was definitely really surprised because obviously, when it came to, I was just a free agent like just weeks before, or about almost maybe a month before um, the Rule 5 draft. And so, being a free agent sign, you're not really thinking like Rule 5 is going to really happen. And right. that, and there's maybe like 15 guys every year that even get taken in Rule 5 draft. For at least the major league portion, so uh, I was really surprised. I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I got picked up, and I talked to my agent and family and all that, and kind of like look, sit back and look at what their offseason was going like. You're like, all right, well, you know, there's at least a chance they like you enough to to pick you up in this. Now it's just about going out and proving them correct. And so that my whole offseason was just to go out there and do what I've been doing the last couple of years, but in front of them.
5: And when the Mariners, I don't know if you knew this at the time, but they're very analytically invested. And they have uh, they make it a point of finding guys, pinpointing something, saying, hey, this, this is something here, and we want to make something of this. When was that brought to you your attention?
4: So right when we got into, like, camp starting down, um, they pretty much sat me down. They sat down all the pitchers. They just wanted to, like, talk about what they thought your strengths were and how they mm-hmm. thought they, they could help your game out. And so, of course, that all goes with the analytical guys and all the stats that go behind it. And pretty much just sat me down and they told me, hey, you have a really good fastball. You worked it really well last year, but you have a really good changeup that you underuse. You used it good in the second half of the season before, but you need to use it more often than you've ever used it before. It's definitely your best pitch to go off of considering you have a fastball and a changeup that play on the same plane but move in different directions and at the same time are 10 to 11 miles an hour slower than than one another. And then the slider also comes into play. You use it efficiently, and it can be a very good pitch for you, but the go-to was throw your changeup.
5: And when they're putting it in front of you, I'm sure it all makes sense. Is yeah. it going through your head? Why haven't I been doing this?
4: Well, I mean, nothing against the White Sox. I love everything that they yeah. did for me. They helped me out a lot in my career. They're the first thing to take me. Um, but they were nowhere near on the analytical side compared to what the Mariners are. So I never had had a sit-down conversation about what your strengths are, mm-hmm. showing like off of data. Just purely, you're going off of just looks and feel over there. Mm-hmm. So to actually have proof put in front of you was definitely a little bit more of an eye-opener.
5: So you made no change to your change-up. It's the same change-up? No, it's, it's
4: the same change-up I've had for like a, about a year and a half now. Uh-huh. So I, I haven't changed it at all. I haven't changed the motion. Literally, they picked me up, and there was no tweaks to what they thought I should do. It was simply just a, usage. A, exactly, usage of one pitch and adjusting counts with uh, with that pitch.
5: Yeah, they give you the freedom to go out there and, and try that. I mean, and I know that you you want to go with your strengths. They're telling you it's something else, but that can sometimes be hard.
4: It is. I mean, at the same time, that's still an adjustment being up here with the group of guys as far as, like, the opponents you're playing. You're playing against the best of the best. And you're start, still trying to get your bearings of rights and wrongs, do's and don'ts, and counts, and having guys still be comfortable with you and there's still a the lineup they do behind you as far as adjustments. So there's a lot of new stuff, obviously, I'm still adjusting to. But so far, I think it's been very good.
5: What's it like sitting down in that bullpen and just, okay, I, I know I could probably go in here. You could probably go in here. Oh, they just scored 12 runs. What's it like?
4: Um, So far, the biggest adjustment that I've noticed is like, The mental side of being in the bullpen is much different than the minor leagues. In the minor leagues, you go down and you're not up every single day. You kind of know, you can pick and choose when you're for sure throwing and when you're not. Up here, it's depending how the game's going, you better stay locked in because you may be in there in the very next inning. You just never really know. And especially, like you said, we don't have necessarily set roles at the moment. So for me, it's just trying to be as prepared as I can be, as quickly as I can be. And so it's picking and choosing my moments of like, okay, I have a moment to kind of relax and just taking the game real quick, let my brain kind of just chill. And then I have my moments when it's like, okay, hey, now you got to lock it back in, focus on what's going on, right. take what you're seeing to account, and then take it out to the field if you're so called on. But it's picking and choosing your moments or else you're just – I feel like if you stay locked in the entire time, you're going to be dead halfway through the season and mentally just totally drained. Right. So it's kind of finding that happy middle of just – chilling out and also being focused
5: lastly yesterday you get the opportunity to get your first big league win yeah. and, and to be in close games i mean i guess you were from day one but to be in a, a situation like that what do you take from that
4: um beyond appreciative for just being here to begin with to go with that i mean not to me it's the first one's always i think the biggest one of the biggest ones obviously like if you finally kind of get over that little hump mm-hmm. and it's more that celebration period where you like yesterday i definitely got to like talk to my parents and Some family members, you get all the congrats. Like Now, no matter what, you're down in the books. Like Yeah, you've thrown some innings, but you're always going to have at least one W next to your name no matter what. No matter what, it can end the day, and you got at least one. So for me, it's more like, all right, I took that day. I enjoyed it, celebrated it with all my family, just chalked with them, and now it's it's a new day. (laughs) Now I'm focused on if I can get number two.
5: Brandon, thank you.
4: Thank you. Okay, picture this.